0: Hey, 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 y'all. So common question that people wonder about is how do you get started with chocolate in a home kitchen? So true story. I started in a home kitchen and also very much a true story. uh, No matter which city I lived in, New York, Vegas, L.A., I always had a different type of living situation going on, different size kitchen to work in. And I practiced chocolate at home after work while running a side business as a chocolate lady it is possible i know it's scary when you first start off but it is possible so in this podcast i want to share a little bit about how to get started with chocolate in a home kitchen and you all know it already in three two one let's go welcome to the i heart chocolate podcast a space where chasing dreams and indulging in chocolate is celebrated where it's okay to walk the abnormal path break tradition and pursue your own true happiness a space where you can gain encouragement, inspiration, and confidence to go out there and become the best chocolatier you possibly can be. I'm your host, Tina Codinia and I know what it is to be chocolate crazy. Like you truly feel called to do this, as if a light suddenly went on and all arrows point to chocolate. I've had the honor of working under some of the best chocolatiers in the industry, and all the while have dedicated my free time toward bettering my craft at home. I'm a wife, a mother, founder of Codinia Chocolate and Codenia Chocolate Mentorship, which I proudly run with my amazing, talented husband, Bruno. Chocolate is so much in my blood, I couldn't live without it. It's been the wildest journey thus far, and my hope is that this inspires you to keep on keeping on and believe that you can do this too, because the truth is, yes, you can. You really, truly can. So consider me your new chocolate friend, constantly cheering you on because I'm right there with you. And let's dive in. Happy Friday chocolate friends January is flying and I am still continuing on this whole positive burst of energy that is 2022 being a little bit more busy than I expected which is always good things but uh part of what I wanted to do this year is to come on and incorporate more topics and have more discussions about things that I see a lot of you have been asking so with social media right It's very easy to see a pretty picture of a bonbon, pretty picture of chocolate, and a lot of chocolatiers actually are doing chocolate at home. We still do our chocolate at home, I started off at home, and I know if you're very new to the chocolate world, you might be wondering, how the heck do you do that? But like, really though, right? Um, So I want you to erase the picture of the perfect chocolate whatever you have in your head from your mind and let's break it down to the nitty gritty of getting started. Um, I just wanna say upfront, this podcast is not about how to start a business at home, um, but how to start with chocolate in general at home, because I feel like, you know, it's very intimidating for a lot of people. And if you don't have some sort of guidance, then you might just be kind of hitting yourself in the wall, making all these mistakes, um, making mistakes that you shouldn't be making. And I'm here to try and help save you some headache. So, for the basics, if you're talking about doing chocolate at home, obviously you need a kitchen and/or a room to work in, right? You need to have a temperature-controlled room. So, for most people, unless you have a room designated just for chocolate, um, you're gonna be working in your kitchen and using your central air conditioner. If you don't have AC and you work somewhere warm, then you are going to have to deal with figuring out what days are best for you or what times of days are best for you to work with chocolate because you should be working in a cool environment, ideally around 68 degrees Fahrenheit. I would say no warmer than 72 if you really want to push it, right? And um, if you're also thinking, but I live somewhere really warm and can I still do that, you know, running the AC? Um, I'll share with you that when I was in Vegas, which is triple digit warm weather for several months of the year, I was doing chocolate at home. and um, which brings me to my next point. If you are working with chocolate, obviously you need some sort of counter space to work on, right? And I know that some of you might be thinking, but I don't really have my big counter space. My kitchen is kind of old, all these types of things. In Vegas, I had a counter space table. I'm not lying not bigger than two by three feet. That's about the size of a general poster board, if you know what a poster looks like. If you're young, please like let figure out what a poster looks like. Um, but I didn't have a counter space bigger than 2 by 3 feet. And with that space, I was able to run my side business, do production for an Oscars party that I had to do 400 goodie bags on, plus the table set up. Um, a lot of chocolate, basically. And I was able to make it work in that small space. So I'll be talking about it a little bit further in this podcast, but basically... Knowing your kitchen, knowing the flow of things is going to be very important if you're going to be starting with chocolate at home. Some other basics that you'll be needing. Obviously, you're gonna need a bowl. And I'm talking like, these are like bare, bare minimums that I started with. And obviously, um, as you save more money or if you start doing chocolate as a side business and start making more revenue, then obviously invest in more things to help production go along further. But just, just to get started, Honestly, you do not need a lot. So we talked about you need a kitchen or room to work in, a temperature controlled environment, a counter space, or if you're tabling, you need a stone counter, meaning marble, granite, or quartz. Uh, You need a bowl. You need chocolate, obviously, a rubber spatula, a probe thermometer, polycarbonate molds to get started with, an offset spatula, a scraper, a piping bag, a pot, a whisk, and a scale. And that is it and a paring knife if you're going to be cutting up some vanilla beans or something like that Um, but that's pretty much all you need to get started. So that's the basic equipment and now comes to the part of, okay, how do you make it work in your kitchen? So home kitchens are different from commercial kitchens. They're smaller, you know, you cook your own personal meals in there and everything. So it's about figuring out your flow, right? If you have a small kitchen. You just have to figure out what makes sense for you so again like i said when i was in vegas i had a very small counter space and that's basically the only counter i did chocolate on i had my fridge right behind me Um, i had a melter i didn't get a melter right away i had a melter a bowl a few molds and i was able to do chocolate just in that space when you're working with chocolate at home The important thing is you have to try and work as clean as possible and as smart as possible i mean in any kitchen but especially when you're at home because your space is so limited what i mean by that is clear your table of all the things that you're not using right at the moment so if you're trying to do a whole production shebang thing don't be having you know all of your ingredients out all of your colors out like everything out at once you're going to be doing it in stages right so set up your kitchen if you're going to be spraying, I would say protect your walls, set up a box or put plastic bags, literally like garbage bags around your counters and everything like that to protect. Because if you're going to be trying to spray at home, the, the cocoa butter is going to go everywhere. And I've had this where I've just said, screw it. And I just went ahead and sprayed in my kitchen. And afterwards, you're spending like hours cleaning literally every crevice of your living space because I lived in a small apartment in Vegas. Every crevice of your living space. Full of cocoa butter like all that residue it's not fun so take the extra time set up some garbage bags you can buy we call them in the kitchen body bags that's what they were uh body bags and line it up you're like dexter except you're not doing something scary you're doing something much more fun right so line up your kitchen with body bags if you're gonna spray you have the time to do your spray make sure you have you know paper towels down to clean off your molds every time Um, have everything set up so it's easy to flow for you it's I guess I'm trying to describe it and it's through audio so that's kind of like difficult maybe a little bit but for instance when I was working in whatever whoever chef I worked for I would just translate what I learned in work and bring it back home so of course in work in commercial kitchens like I said there was uh endless supply of whatever I needed and at home I didn't have all of those things so I just had to adjust and make it work so again with the basic materials and tools that you're starting with if you're spraying you have your molds on one side you have your spray gun have somewhere to stick your spray gun on afterwards that could be a pot you don't have to buy anything to hold your spray gun pot have a heat gun plugged in forgot to mention that heat gun is very very important Um, your probe thermometer spray away have something to wipe your mold on set it on the side so you if i'm i'm looking at my desk which my desk at home is also kind of small you don't need much room the thing that you know gets you caught up is once you're done with whatever um task you're working on clean up like clean your area well and move on to the next one if you try to do everything all at once without taking the time to just clean up your station a little bit it gets very overwhelming very quickly. And then if you make mistakes or something, you get more frustrated because then you don't have the room to maneuver and move around and do what you need to do. So work clean, work smart, do one task at a time, um, which would mean, again, spraying your molds. From there, you go on to shelling. From there, if your recipe is not pre-scaled, then you're going to scale your recipe. You make your recipe. You pipe into your molds. You put it aside somewhere cool for the ganache to crystallize. If you want to, a smart idea too is, uh, what's that called? Facebook Marketplace, which I've only heard about recently. I'm not very like techie, but I know there's, because I searched it. There's a lot of people who sell wine fridges on Facebook Marketplace for dirt cheap, or they're just trying to get rid of it. And if you're starting off, you just need a small one just so that it would it would help, just to keep your molds um, temperature controlled and help with the humidity issue. So, you know... When you're starting off, start off with what you can. Um, if you're looking to save money, then find little ways like that. You don't have to invest in a huge, big wine cooler thing, you know? You don't have to invest in a super expensive air spray gun right at bat, right off the bat. Um, start off with what you can, right? And from that point, I'm just going to put it out there. When you first start off at home, it is weird. It is awkward. It is frustrating and that is what it's supposed to be like because you are trying to do something especially if you're doing it the first time from start to finish and i'm giving the molded bonbon as an example because that's what most people do when they first start playing with chocolate when you're doing it from start to finish it can seem like such a headache and so much energy to make one freaking shiny mold and you're like what the heck there's gotta be a better way right find your rhythm Um, everything takes practice everything takes time you have to give yourself some grace if you have chocolate knowledge if you are experienced in chocolate and now it's the first time working at home you're gonna see that it's not that much of a difference it's just smaller space finding your rhythm in your own kitchen versus a commercial one and you know the process of chocolate already so it makes it easier if your brand spanking new to chocolate it's a different story it's learning the basics While learning your rhythm, while figuring out the flow and trying to pay attention to all the little details that you need to pay attention to in order for your chocolates to turn out all right. Um, Another important thing you might want to invest in if you're starting off at home is some sort of like plastic shelving unit. I believe you can get some for like 80 bucks maybe 85 I want to say Costco or something like that um, to store your ingredients to store your products just to keep everything chocolate related separate from your home stuff it just makes it easier to grab things you know um, rather than mixing it in with your personal pantry or something like that Uh, and in terms of ingredients I mean there's not really too much to invest in, except the main one of course is chocolate. I would say right off the bat, if you are trying to do chocolate at home, you need to take the time to invest, or I'm sorry, not just the time, you need to spend the money. Chocolatiering, there's a lot of investment, so you need to be able to spend the money on quality chocolate, because if not, then all your product is just going to be crap, and that's just the reality of it. Uh, The fluidity of your chocolate most likely will not be very fluid if you work with a chocolate that's not very high quality. And we personally work with Falkland. I know a lot of people work with Valrona. We like Falkland. We like Valrona as well, but we prefer Falkland. Um, Those two are top, top, top. I know also there's cocoberry Berry and there's Calabo. In my opinion, if you're going to be working with uh, some of chocolate, you will notice that the fluidity of certain ones is a lot more thicker. And so that's why I always advise if you can spend the extra buck to go for maybe the more premium chocolate because it will make a difference in how you work at home. Other ingredients that you'll most likely be needing Glucose, Trimoline, Sorbitol, Vanilla beans or extract Gelatin sheets if you're doing some sort of marshmallow thing uh, Those are pretty much the basics Sugar, obviously, if you're doing a caramel um, Purees, and a note about purees because I made this mistake starting off uh, If you can, I'm sure you most everywhere, in every major city at least there is a distributor and if you're lucky enough you can message that distributor and tell them that you're an at-home chef and ask them if it's possible to do a will call pickup from their from their warehouse that's exactly what i did in vegas um i used to order all of my purees online and have them shipped overnight from like third-party distributors super expensive like super expensive you're paying close to 100 bucks for one kilo of puree that's insane you're not worth it um but i was able to contact chef warehouse when i started taking chocolate or started doing a little bit more chocolate at home and told them my situation and i was a chef and all this type of stuff and they let me pay the order through will call so if you can i would say find a distributor for most of your products it will save you money in the long run other ingredients of course heavy cream butter milk i'm trying to think off the top of my head those are all the major ones for chocolate um and speaking of ingredients we now have to jump into the topic of recipes and if i'm jumping like it's because i'm writing this or writing i'm recording this podcast unscripted and i'm trying to think off the top of my head what was it like starting so long ago and it was exciting that was basically it i was excited to work with chocolate for the first time at home It was frustrating, like I said, because, you know, it's more messy, and if chocolate gets on the floor, it's your floor, and to clean it up, you're doing a lot of cleaning and all this type of stuff, but, um, like I said, once you start, you start to find a rhythm, and it starts getting easier, and all the excuses about, you know, but I don't have a nice kitchen, or I don't have this, like, I didn't have a nice kitchen in, uh, New York, I barely had a kitchen in New York, to be honest, um, and my kitchen space in Vegas was quite limited. like I said, you don't need much. If you have the patience to learn and you have the discipline to keep practicing, you will find a flow for yourself in your own kitchen and you'll just make it work. And you'll see that it'll just become like second nature to you. I promise you that. So um, moving on to the subject of recipes. So if you're starting off at home, obviously... You should invest in some sort of recipe book. I highly suggest that you actually have some sort of book or knowledge, like, you know, concrete knowledge to start with versus just trying to take a recipe that you find online. Um, The reason is that you can't just trust any recipe online. I know that many chefs post recipes online. Do you know if those recipes are actually any good? Do you know, you know, if they're actually balanced if you're starting off new how do you know what's good what's balanced right um, so I started with the chocolates and confections book it's used in culinary schools it's the publisher grueler I believe that was the first book there's a bunch of recipes in there there's a bunch of information about the basics of chocolate for the foundation I highly recommend that book um, of course Ramon Morado's chocolate book which is great for understanding a little bit more about balancing um, recipes, how how chocolate is sourced, and all that type of stuff. Um, and then for further inspiration, I would say look into So Good Magazines. Because I, I mean, I'm just telling you what I did. I would look at So Good Magazines, and usually they have a chocolatier or two in there who shares their... Uh, recipes shares their techniques it's nice to see um, professionals doing that and when I say if you're gonna copy a recipe choose from a credible source uh, you can't just be anyone to be featured in so good so most likely the recipes would be pretty pretty good is what I'm saying the other part of um, dealing with chocolate at home is the fact that you have to practice like practice 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 which goes with anything right Um, but it really does take just time, just time to get used to, again, uh, time to understand how to make your space work for you, right? Like I said, I had worked in uh, my parents' home kitchen back in LA or here in LA. I've worked in a barely, I call it barely a kitchen because it didn't even have a Oven. It was this home makeshift apartment thingy in Queens, New York um, I did chocolate there. I did chocolate in my apartment in Vegas. I did chocolate in my house in Vegas and Yes, it can get messy and yes, your house will look a little like Whoa, because it's not gonna look like a normal house um, But like I said, it just takes time. It just takes practice and getting used to um, Managing things and the more that you practice with anything usually the better you should get and if you're not getting better then you need to figure out what part of your process um, is lacking whether that's your recipes whether that's the flow of how you do things whether that's how you set up your spray station like what is the what's the issue that you're having and just kind of pinpoint it that way and try and troubleshoot from there Um, if we're talking about going into business I will save that for another podcast Um, this is just the information you need basically to get started from a home kitchen the most basic advice I could say is if you're considering doing chocolate at home and you've thought about it and it excites you or whatever situation you are if you're renting somewhere if it's you know not your permanent home if you have a small place whatever situation um, you just have to have the courage to start and I always talk about how going on this whole chocolatier journey requires a lot of courage because it's not easy. It's a lot of fun. It's a sure a lot of fun. Um, I never feel like I'm working, so I'm very grateful for that. And the cool thing is, is that you know, just like any skill or anything that you feel kind of like intrigued by, when you start to pick up more information and gain more knowledge and get better at something it makes you want to keep going even more you know and then you can realize like holy crap like I made that at home like that's insane that's kind of the feeling that Bruno and I had after our uh, video shoot for our mentorship program where mainly Bruno Bear I helped a little bit on the show pieces but mainly Bruno Bear did three like badass show pieces and we had a whole chocolate display And transformed our kitchen into a freaking lab it was insane Um, but yeah people think that you know it's too much of a pain to do chocolate at home I say it's a pain if you let it be a pain and it's not a pain if you just figure out how to make it work for you because in the end like I said you're doing basically exactly the same things you're doing in a commercial kitchen just in a smaller space and unless you have a badass kitchen at your home to work with you don't have machines but I would also argue that you should know how to do the basics of chocolate first, aka tempering, ganaches, uh, molding, before you get a machine that can automate all that for you, right? Because what happens the day that you do own a machine and the machine breaks down or machines are freaking expensive, so you better get used to knowing how to do things manually, understanding it properly, so you can see for yourself Uh, The process of how to make a quality bonbon a quality chocolate with your own two hands I think that's the coolest thing ever actually is that you will realize as you get better at it that you created that with your own two hands and It's it's awesome. I mean, that's the whole point of being a chocolatier. It's supposed to be fun, right? So yeah, I just wanted to share that today for the podcast of how to get started in a home kitchen if you are new to the podcast Hello, welcome and I hope that this podcast offers you some encouragement to get started. If you're already working in your home kitchen, then you know how it is. And, you know, I feel like I, I said it before, but I don't feel like I'm ever working and I'm at home and it's awesome. You get to play and, and work with chocolate for a living, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. If there's any other questions or topics you have, related to this podcast don't forget you can always send me a dm um we are on instagram at codenia chocolate you can send a message through our websites and we'll be happy to help have a good one talk to you guys next week And that's all, folks. By the way, in case we aren't friends yet, let's keep the connection going and get social on the gram. You can always reach out to us at Convenia Chocolate, where we post inspirational, drool-worthy, and informative tips on all things chocolate. And can I just say, thanks for hanging out with me today. If you felt a connection from this podcast or found it helpful, please be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep spreading the chocolate happiness. Y'all know that that is my life mission really though <laughs> via chocolate making teaching and now through sound Woo-hoo! have a beautiful day and i know it's gonna sound cheesy but it is true in case you needed a reminder you are 100 percent worthy of the life that you dream chocolate filled or otherwise you just have to summon up the courage to pursue it and then you keep pursuing and grinding and working and loving it until you get there okie dokie catch you on the next one